Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's the Tiger Woods Show right here on the Believe Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Cam Rogers with you, Bridget Whalen alongside. We are your Tiger Woods experts, of course, and we are excited to bring you another program as we are one month out of the Masters in November. That is the most 2020 thing you could say about the game of golf, but there you have it. We have Augusta National. A month from now, we're going to talk about some key storylines as we enter this point of the golf season where major championships are going to happen, or at least one of them. So we're going to talk about some key things to really track. Bryson, Tiger, the field, the conditions out there. So stay tuned for that. We'll talk about the CJ Cup this week as well. But first, we will start with Matthew Fitzpatrick and what he said about Bryson DeChambeau. All of that coming up on the Tiger Woods Show. Follow me on Twitter at MrRogers99 and on Instagram at MrRogers98. You can follow Bridget on Twitter and Instagram at Bridget K. Waylon. Of course, you know the drill. If you're tuning in, please do hit that five-star button. That would be awesome. We certainly appreciate that. Give us some feedback about the show. Maybe some segments you guys want us to introduce. Hey, we're here for the people. I'm a man of the people. Bridget's a woman of the people. We're here to bring it to you. So we thank you for taking time out of your day to tune in. We also thank Bet Online for sponsoring the show. The wait is finally over. Of course, football is back. And you might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online, of course, with the PGA Tour as well. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there is always the online casino as well that never closes so head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses again that's betonline.ag and sign up today bet online your online sportsbook experts okay so it seems only fitting to kick off the show with Bryson DeChambeau because he was back in the headlines and really not his fault for it because Matthew Fitzpatrick said some interesting things about the big hitting Bryson. So after Matthew's second round at the BMW Championship on Friday, Fitzpatrick was asked about how he felt in regards to DeChambeau's gains and his strength. And really, he didn't hold back, which was really interesting to see. So I'll read the quote for you guys and Bridget as well. It's not a skill to hit the ball a long way, in my opinion. Ouch. I could put on 40 pounds. I could go and see a biomechanist, okay, and gain 40 yards. That's actually a fact. I could put on another two inches to my driver. I could gain that. But the skill, in my opinion, is to hit the ball straight. That's the skill. He also said Bryson, quote, makes a mockery out of the game. Bryson, very diplomatic with his response, quote, I take it as a compliment, honestly. So, Bridget, I guess 
I really don't know what Maddie here is trying to gain from making these statements. Like, Bryson most certainly isn't going to change what he's doing. The only thing I can think of is Matt is trying to whistle to the leadership of the PGA Tour and the governing bodies of golf to say, hey, look at this guy sort of kind of cheating. It's not fair for us shorter hitters. Maybe you should make the courses tougher, blah, blah, blah. That's all I can get out of this, honestly. And welcome to the show, by the way. <laughs> welcome to the show on a little bit of Sour Grapes by Matthew Fitzpatrick. I think that this is a case of sometimes guys just get left behind. And Matt Fitzpatrick soaking wet probably still weighs less than I do. And I'm a slender lady. <laughs> I don't know if that's totally accurate. Yeah, I don't know if that is either. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, yeah, sure. He could go put on 40 pounds. But that's also a little bit of disrespect and shade thrown at Bryson DeChambeau. Bryson didn't just put on 40 pounds. Bryson and Chris Como and all of his magicians came up with this plan, this scheme, to make Bryson more dominant. They didn't just say, hey, Bryson, like, go expend your cal expand your calories to whatever, 10,000 a day and put on some weight. That, that is really minimizing his effort in a mm -hmm. sense. And I would just like to say to Matt Fitzpatrick, don't you want to see Bryson blow it past the tiger-proofing trees? Like, I, I am definitely a champion of Bryson DeChambeau. He is not doing – he is not cheating. He is doing everything permitted within the parameters of, of the USGA, the governing body of the sport. He's gaining a competitive edge. That's what he's doing. And this is how he's doing it. Yeah, maybe it's not so strategic, I guess you could say, but he's Bryson versus the course. He's not Bryson versus Matthew Fitzpatrick. So I don't really think that Matt is coming. He's not, he's, he's not being a good diplomat at all. He, he's definitely lighting a little bit of a fire. And he, he didn't think that those comments were going to get squashed and, and knocked down as well as picked up and fueled. I mean, it's, it's total fire. And then I, I, he obviously wanted this. I just don't know if he went about it in the right way. I don't know much about Fitzpatrick's uh, personality per se, but this to me seemed a little out of character. Like you don't see him in the headlines for sparking up debate as much as say a Brooks Kepka would. So that was a surprise, number one. And by the way, just from a philosophical standpoint, is it working out to gain 40 pounds a skill in of itself? Like no disrespect to Matt, but would he know what to do like for the next three months to gain that amount of poundage? I don't know. Like, you know, you have to do your research. You have to have the right people around you. You have to figure out what do I need to do? What are my macros? What's my diet like, et cetera, et cetera. You know what I mean? Not to go full blown like meathead right now, because trust me, I am nowhere close to that. I'm quite slender myself and I don't know if I could gain 40 pounds, but I mean, like you said, there's a strategy to it. Like it almost seems like Matt saying, Hey, I can snap my fingers and next week be Jack like Bryson. Like it doesn't take much. Well, it kind of does. The other thing is, and I think that this isn't talked about enough, when you decide that you are going to change the length at which you drive the ball to a new length, you are then operating on a totally different game because you're, you're now closer to the hole. So you're taking different clubs into the green. And yeah, sure, I guess if you have less distance, people would say, well, that's a lot easier. 
Well, maybe it's not for everybody. Maybe guys are better with longer irons. So for Matt Fitzpatrick, I think it's he definitely is is not fully taking into what Bryson has done. Bryson's entire game has been overhauled and well. Mm-hmm. He is not just a great a long bomber, you know, bomb and gouge. Like that's what everyone says about Bryson. If you look at his U.S. Open stats, he did everything well that week. Literally everything. No, he wasn't number one in everything, but he was pretty close. His putting is better. Just, I mean, it, you kind of have to look at the overall game. Bryson, yes, he got longer, but he also overhauled his entire sort of approach to golf. He really did. And we focus on the driving, obviously because Bryson looks like a totally different human. And when he hits it off the tee now, he looks, as I've said this before, he looks like a world-long driver. So visually, yes, that is what we focus on. But the whole of what Bryson has done is just really commendable. And I don't know, maybe Matt Fitzpatrick is is a super golf purist, but I think that the purists should be for what Bryson is doing. I think that, I think it's good for the game. So I, I'm totally not <laughs> along with Matt Fitzpatrick on this. Uh, I have a total different point of view. Look, this whole argument of controlling distance is gone. Like that ship has sailed. You had your chance, PGA Tour and USGA, when Tiger Woods was coming onto the scene and like people were seeing what he was doing, just absolutely outdriving everybody and nobody did anything about it really. So, I mean, look, Tiger's effect created all these long hitters in a way, all these athlete type golfers. So that ship is gone. I'm sorry, Matt. I you might be a purist, but look, you're going to be seeing a lot more bombers in the years to come as to compare to say the strategist, the strategists out there, the short game guys. So it's just the way it is. And uh, good for Bryson, by the way, for not actually jabbing back at Fitzpatrick. He could have said, well, I mean, I played the weekend at the U.S. Open, and a certain somebody <laughs> did not. By the way, I picked Fitzy as a sleeper, and that didn't work out well. So maybe, oh, maybe I cursed him. Look who has sour grapes on this end. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Just a bit. I, mean, I just I have to say, and like maybe I'm going to eat my words, but – Matt Fitzpatrick saying that this is foolish and silly. I th- I think he's going to be eating crow. I really do. I think that that is the total opposite viewpoint that you should have as a young person in this game. It's not like Matt Fitzpatrick is in his, you know, he's not at the end of his career. He's at the beginning. Right. He's a young guy. You Your outlook should be it literally should do like a total flip. Like you got to flip that like 180. He, I, and that's not like me giving him advice. I just think that for the younger generation in this game, which is so antiquated and has been so antiquated for so long, you got to break, you got to break that. You got to break out of that. And you can't sort of mock people who are doing things that are different. I, I think that that's a really bad standpoint to be in for him. I, I, I'm not saying it's a bad look. I'm just saying for him as a professional golfer, he might have to get out of his box a little bit in the future. You have to wonder if there is some remorse after right. what he said, because maybe he didn't realize that it's 2020 and in this instant news world, especially in golf, when something controversial is said, it gets blown up pretty good because Bridget, for the most part, what do they say? It's like a quote unquote gentleman's game. And, you know, it's a very buttoned up sport and you don't get this type of fire, this type of banter much. 
But when you do, you know, it gets blown up exponentially. And I think that's what sort of happened here. So yeah, we'll see if it comes back to bite Fitzy for now because Bryson is 1-0 in the major championship department if you want to compare to Fitzpatrick. And uh, I'm pretty sure Fitzpatrick doesn't have a PJ Tour win either. So Bryson is certainly winning in that department too. So yeah, you know, it's interesting. We'll see what happens going forward. I uh, think Fitzy could be uh, in for some trouble if he <laughs> if he's in the final group with Bryson or something like that at a uh, major championship. I think that could be an interesting <laughs> storyline. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I I also think that he knew a lot of people were going to disagree with him. So coming out saying that, I, I sort of think he he knew what he was laying himself up for. I just think that it would be maybe a disservice to himself to not sort of. I guess maybe not mock people who are in the same sport as you. Would well, be it's bulletin advice. board material, right? It's almost right. like players in the NFL promising a Super Bowl before the season starts. Does that ever happen? Does it ever come to fruition? No. It's almost like talking smack to Bill Belichick before you play the Patriots, too. That never works out either. Right. Yeah, and that's so true. And I think that having that sort of open mind in this game is really what's going to set you apart. And what what have we seen? We've seen Rory now amping up his ball speeds. We've seen Dustin Johnson. I heard Jordan Spieth talking about Bryson. So guys like that who are t making note of it and sort of adding it to their game, those are the guys who are going to be at an, an advantage as opposed to sort of, uh, and I'm not saying that Matt was totally mocking it, but as opposed to sort of going that route, maybe you look to who, people who trailblaze and you kind of piggyback on them. Hey, that's, that's kind of how people have done things in the past, how people have been successful. And I think Bryson is really laying down a nice little, he's literally clearing the path for golfers now to follow. And by the way, this question was asked of Fitzpatrick. So it's right, not like right. he brought it up randomly. So it is interesting to kind of study from a journalistic standpoint, these reporters across the pond, by the way, asking Fitzpatrick about Bryson DeChambeau, who's not even playing in the tournament Fitzpatrick is playing in. So right. you know, everybody's going to get asked. Right. And that's why I say like advice moving forward, because yeah. obviously you were going to get probed. You, you're in the public eye. So when you are probed, it probably would be in your best interest to sort of go the other way. Or, you know, you, you could sort of, I, my favorite way to respond to these sort of things is be elusive. That is really the way to get people. That's a talking. fun way to go. Yeah, absolutely. So I think moving forward, he definitely picked up some tips there. Okay, so Bryson, of course, a big topic for the Masters, which is indeed one month away. And Bridget and I are going to talk about some storylines that you guys should kind of think about as we approach this big time tournament. And before we get into that, just a little heads up out there that I am strongly considering launching a fantasy league for the Masters that week. So stay tuned for that, ladies and gentlemen. If you have been in my fantasy leagues before, you know I do it very intensely. Live leaderboards, video recaps, storylines. I up the intensity. So more information about that, perhaps a money prize and a free entry, by the way, so no payout or no pay in, I should say, to play in that. So stay tuned for that. I'll uh, have more details in regards to a little fantasy action. But 
talking about the Masters here, Bridget, Augusta National. How will it play in November compared to April? And I think this is one of the more intriguing storylines if you go outside of the player field and, of course, Tiger Woods is, what's the setup going to be like? Is it going to be firmer? I think it is, but will it be softer? I don't know. It really just comes down to the weather leading up to this event. It's going to play long. I know that for sure. Cooler air. I think softer surfaces. But again, you really don't know. I guess that's going to be dependent on the weather for sure. Yeah. The one thing I know for certain with what I've read about people who have played in November is that the course plays quite long. So that is a, a certainty. Although I was reading something the other day where it mentioned that in 2007, the temperatures were colder, the tournament was colder, and Zach Johnson won that year. So I, mm, that's I right. Know. It was pretty yeah. damp that year. And ZJ famously, of course, laid up on every par five and burned. Exactly. Right. He didn't go for a single par five. <laughs> so, right. I mean, uh, I, Precision obviously is always in play at Augusta, uh, even if the course if the course plays long, it do that doesn't matter. So I I don't know I I'm excited for the colors. It's going to be a totally different visual experience, and I, I don't I really I don't have much to say other than I can't wait to see Tiger at Augusta. Absolutely. I just will say this: the typical routine for prepping Augusta National, in a way, is kind of being thrown on it on its head because of a November start date. And, you know, you have to wonder what the maintenance routine and preparations will be leading up to this Masters compared to April. And will having a Masters in November affect the setup in April? Just some things to think about. Who knows? It could just all be fine and dandy, but certainly an intriguing storyline. Let's talk about the field. Typically small anyway. The field is set, by the way, at 96 players. And this has been set actually since the postponed tournament dates were announced in April. So after April, nobody could qualify. So all the winners from the restart basically did not get into the Masters because of those wins. Those are actually used for 2021. So <laughs> the typical Daniel Berger debate, Bridget, right, who was just absolutely tearing it up, of course, won to kick off the PJ Tour restart, did not get into the Masters field because of the, right. you know, set field at 96. So, But, I mean, the tournament was supposed to be in April. Right. So that is, I, I understand the debate. I get it. But – we have to go along with this tournament should have already been in the books. So it's just, it's a weird year. <laughs> Let me ask you this, the change in the amount of sunlight that you're going to have during the day, because right. April, obviously more time for sun, November, we're going to be in fall back territory already, uh, which is Halloween night, by the way. And I guess, I mean, the, Masters is going to have to get pretty creative here. Could we see split tees? Could we see, you know, more stacking in terms of getting everybody out there and getting everybody back in before daylight is out? It's something to really track there. Yeah, I, I think that things will be moved up markedly. And obviously, due to TV scheduling, we also know that that's going to happen too. I think that they definitely have 
a plan in action. I think I read somewhere that'll probably be like two, two and a half hours less of daylight as opposed to April and November. That's a lot. So, yeah, that that's definitely uh, some something that they've probably been thinking about for a while now. So I'm sure that they have a, a plan in play. I also did read that the winds are different from the April date to August because it's like spring and winter. So I forget it. I think the winds are, they prevail wind from the south and now it's switching to north. So that's another thing that I think is like oddly weird about when you come back to Augusta every year, you, you kind of know how each hole plays, you know, the weather, you know, the patterns, and this is going to be like a total opposite wind direction. I don't know if that has like a huge effect on golfers, but I think there's a lot of new strategies that are going to come into play uh, at Augusta in November. It's sad that it's just going to be a one and done though, I think. Cause like, what if we really right. enjoy it? I know, seriously, <laughs> you might have to think about doing two in a year. Why not? Let's oh, do it. I mean, if any course can, it's Augusta and the tournament is the masters twice a year. Well, let's talk about like any other. <laughs> Yeah, let's talk about the defending champion himself, Tiger Woods. So he's going to have one start under his belt going into Augusta in this new season, if you will, the Zozo Championship. Full coverage on that next week. Yep. His performance next week, I think, is going to be our best indicator of how he will play at Augusta National. But even then, the Masters has always been that tournament where he can show up in any sort of form and still have a chance at really good success. We talked about the PGA, the U.S. Open. We were pretty sobering in our assessments of his game going into those events. But Augusta National, you may not need to really read into his play too, too much next week to really think he still has a chance at the Masters just because, I mean, look at 2010. After the scandal and the long layoff, what happens? He actually didn't even play all that great. Finished fourth. The 2015 Masters, he took a pretty long layoff then, finished inside the top 20. So, you know, I think that we have to take next week with a grain of salt. Win, missed cut. Actually, you can't. Uh, no cut event next week. Win, last place, or, you know, middle of the pack. Because it's Tiger Woods, it's Augusta National, and I still think anything goes. Yeah, I think it's been quite a while since he hasn't really played. He hasn't played much golf before the Masters like he will be this year. Um, I read somewhere that I think it dates back to like 2015, and he took uh, nine weeks off before right. the tournament. So I don't know. I agree with you. I'm not going to read too much into what happens at Sherwood just because – Tiger at Augusta is just so different that unless he has like some major ailment at Sherwood, I, whether he fit, obviously it's no cut. You've said that a million times, but whether he finishes as if he were to miss the cut or he finishes really well, I'm not going to put much weight on that tournament at all. Barring injury, of course. Yeah. Yeah, correct. Especially because he hasn't played in a little while now. He's going to be playing. The, the Zozo is to get his feelers wet for Augusta. He does everything for the majors. So I I think that he is going to be playing the Zozo, which is great. If he said he wasn't going to be playing the next time we saw him wasn't was at the Masters, then I would have a little cause for concern. But he's the defending champ at the Zozo. He's the defending champ, although it's been a year and a half at the at the Masters. So he's got back-to-back defending champ starts. I don't know. That's just a great little storyline right there in and of itself. 
He's had the jacket for quite some time, and we'll see if he can defend it. Look, we haven't really been high on his chances, like I said, at the PGA or the U.S. Open, but I mean, he's going to be inside my top 15 without a doubt, maybe even top 10 going into this edition of the Masters just because of, like I said, the experience, obviously, being the defending champion, his course history obviously even coming off of long layoffs so I think there's a lot there there's a lot more data to go off of with the Masters as you know maybe compared to the U.S. Open which there really wasn't good data at Wingfoot for him so I really like his chances he's probably going to be inside my top 13 maybe 12 perhaps inside my top 10 am I going to pick him to win uh, I have a month to decide but I think he's certainly going to be a factor uh, come Sunday afternoon at the Masters who knows the weird thing is the Augusta roars are going to be missing. Yes. And I don't know if that will affect him there. I know that it has been an issue for him at past tournaments since the restart, but then I think that fizzled out and he got that out of the way, as did some other golfers. But that course is just so different from him. The hollowed grounds, the ear-shattering roars. It's just it has a pulse for Tiger when Tiger's in the mix, or I guess even when he's not in the mix, it, Tiger doesn't have to be in the mix to have that sort of Tiger crowd uh, presence that's ever present around him. So I don't know if that's going to affect him at all. In the sense that this lack of crowds thing at a place like Augusta, it makes me look to the younger guys who don't have a lot of experience there, mm. who kind of are not at a disservice for once in their life when it comes to comparisons to veteran golfers. That's such a huge part of the game. And I think we've seen a lot of younger winners. I mean, we've also seen a lot of older winners since the restart as well, but we have, we saw Colin Morikawa win a major tournament and I don't know if major championship, and I don't know if he would have won that had it not been 2020 even though that was his wheelhouse the area that he you know was very familiar with yes he had a lot of things on his side I just think that lack of and I I really call it a pulse it's an energy that Mm -hmm. lack of energy is boding well for the guys who don't have a lot of experience in that scenario that scenario is such a a learned type of situation that you have to develop the almost you develop nerves of steel to sort of block all of that out which sounds like it would be a disadvantage because you have to sort of develop this coping mechanism but we have now heard from both rory and tiger that once you become accustomed to that it's sort of like you have this tunnel vision without all the nuance and the movement around you and the energy and the sound and people just make noises that you don't even realize you, you make noises all the time and having to block that out, I think has become like a superpower for those veteran golfers. I'm glad you brought up the patrons, if you will, because obviously they won't be there at Augusta national, but I know we have said before that we have enjoyed watching golf without the fans. I think this is going to be that tournament where I am going to miss the fans, right? I mean, they just add so much to the Augusta experience. And those roars are like nothing else on the PGA Tour. They really aren't. 
And so to not have that part of your televised experience, I think is kind of going to be a miss hit, but that's okay. It is the way it is, right? We have a pandemic, obviously priorities, right? Let's get this thing figured out and let's keep our cases down in the country rather than let's have fun watching the masters, like obviously priorities. I get that. Speaking of which Bridget, the question becomes, what about the external stuff around the Masters itself, the par three contest, the champion's dinner? I assume no butler cabin celebration unless these folks are like seven feet apart. All these other things. What do you think? Are we going to have none of it? Maybe some of it? I really don't know. I would err on the side of none of it before I would say some of it. Yep. Uh, I, I just think that the carefulness is going to be at an all-time high. So I I honestly would just think getting the tournament off and running is the main priority, the only priority. I, I call that other stuff fluff, and I wouldn't really think that that would be a, a top priority for, uh, for Augusta this year. Finally, Bryson's chances. Obviously, Jordan Spieth spoke upon this recently on a podcast uh, with Colt Nost, a friend of the pod in a way. And look, he likes Bryson's chances even. Jordan Spieth, a Masters champion. So, I mean, I think if he says so, I think everybody should say that, hey, Bryson should be inside of everybody's top three in terms of hoisting the green jacket. Yeah, I mean, he came right out and said he's going to have to lose it. Right. Uh, which I think is – I that's – it's insanely bullish on uh, on Jordan's part. But let's keep in mind – Jordan is the legit wizard of Augusta. I mean, if anyone knows what it would take to win there, it would be him, in my opinion. Um, so I think bombing it is definitely going to be a huge advantage. And I don't know. I mean, that'd be insane if Bryson won two out of the three majors of oh, 20. That'd be wild. <laughs> That's like, you're, I mean, that I would call that like the – it's a possible Bryson slam if he goes on to win the other two next year. Mm -hmm. I, I honestly don't know that that would be wild. So he, he's that he's not on my, he's not on my short list for Augusta. I just, I, I don't know. I, I understand where Jordan is coming from and I understand the advantage of, of knocking it in close. And for me, I just, uh, coming from winged foot and, and him dominating there. I don't, I, I don't know. I it's so I have that so ingrained in my brain just because that's the most recent thing that I've seen him kind of dominate, I guess is the best word to to put it. But I definitely default to Jordan Spieth on anything and all things masters related. So I guess if you're a betting man, go with Bryson. <laughs> By the way, Brooks Kepka flying under the radar in a way. And Maybe he can make some noise at Augusta. I certainly believe he could. He's playing this week at the CJ Cup. We'll see if he's healthy, but somebody nobody's really talking about right now. So we shall see. Uh, speaking of which, the CJ Cup back at Shadow Creek, or at least we're looking back at Shadow Creek because you may recognize that name as the venue where Tiger and Phil had their match at in 2018. 78 golfers. No cut. Seven of the top 10 in the world are playing. Justin Thomas, two-time winner at this event. Now, obviously, it's typically in Korea. Not the case of this year. 
uh, due to the pandemic and what have you. So they're playing at Shadow Creek in Vegas. So we are remaining in Vegas for this week as well. This is probably the tune-up week for a lot of players out there, Bridget. DJ's playing, Rom, Thomas, McElroy, Shoffley, Cantlay again this week. So I think this is going to be an exciting tournament. It, for the last few weeks, the fields have been eh. This week, I think we're really back there with a really solid collection of guys. Yeah, this field looks awesome. And it's an elite, you know, no-cut event. I, I love stuff like this. I love a no-cut event. I have honestly, I don't know if it's because you and I are going at it and we've been missing so many cuts. I hate cuts. Like, I'm Same. not even a pro golfer. I hate cuts. Let's do away with cuts. Just let the people play. Like, what? It's, it's really cramping my style. Um, I don't really have much to say about this tournament other than I know that Dustin Johnson owns the course record and – I probably should be going with Dustin. And last week I started off talking about Patrick Cantlay and then I wound up picking Colin Morcow who missed the cut. And now I'm going to start off with talking about Dustin, but I'm going to go with Xander Shoffley just mm -hmm. because I feel like this has a super tour championship feel about it. <laughs> and yeah, we're not at Eastlake, which Xander does plays really well there, but I just like the vibe limited elite field, no cut Xander. Friendly reminder, if we did not include the starting strokes at the Tour Championship, Xander Shoffley would have won. Exactly. So keep that in mind as well. I like the pick. He obviously is a great player at these no-cut events. Just to recap everybody from last week, and Bridget kind of alluded to it, Colin Morikawa missed cut at the Shriners. Hideki Matsuyama somehow missed the cut at the Shriners as well. So my missed cut streak is really looking Colin. good. <laughs> let's, uh, let's put it that way. So yeah, Colin missed it. Hideki missed it. So Bridget and I remain idle with our money count, if you will. The good news is with no cut, we're going to get some sort of paycheck from the both of, for the both of us. So, all right, you're going Xander. I was sort of not feeling great about this. And then I, you know, thought about it more and I was like, all right, fine. He's showing some form. Patrick Cantlay played well last week. I'm going to ride that hot hand into this week. I am really leaning on the guys who actually played in Vegas last week because for a lot of the other players like McElroy, like Rom, there's a bit of a layoff there between East Lake and, you know, say the U.S. Open and now, right? So I think that there could be a rust factor at play. And maybe that was the case, Bridget, with Colin and Hideki last week. So keep that in mind. Obviously, again, no cut. So it's okay. You can kind of go aggressively with your picks. But I'm going to go ahead and say Patrick Canley. I think finally he's starting to find something there. I like it. He's great in Vegas. I said on Twitter, Patrick Cantley in Vegas, and I was referring to Shriners, but let's just throw, let's just throw Shadow Creek let's in there. Let's do it. Let's just throw it in too. Let's just all encompassing Vegas, death, taxes, Patrick Cantley in Vegas. So I like the pick. It's a good pick. All right. So there you have it. CJ Cup this week, the Zozo Championship next week. We have a Tiger tournament to talk about. Excited about that. And of course, like we've mentioned, the Masters just a month away. So you've been tuning into the Tiger Woods show right here on the Believe Network for Bridget Whalen. My name is Cam Rogers. We'll check you out next week. See you next week.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.